Listening to the Coffee Hour, I'm Andy Bates. I'm Sarah Golseth. Thanks to Concordia University, Wisconsin for supporting the Coffee Hour. Find out more about Concordia University, Wisconsin at cuw.edu. Live Uncommon. We always enjoy sharing stories from from real life people and what's happening in their vocations. And, and particularly now in light of what's happening with the pandemic, how does the pandemic impact our vocations? Uh, today, we head to... Well, we head out to the, the farm. farm. So that's right. We're <laughs> heading out to the farm. Uh, we have joining us today, Chris and Adrian Hines from Hines Family Farms in Higginsville, Missouri. Thanks so much, Hines, for joining us today. Good morning, Chris. Good morning, Adrian. Morning. Good to be here. Thanks for having us. Absolutely. How does uh, it, the Hines Family Farm is is primarily a dairy farm, right? Correct. Yes, we do. We do some row crops as well, but they mainly go to feed the cows. But we mainly mainly produce dairy products. So, as a dairy farmer, how do you typically serve your neighbor in that vocation? What does that that mean to be a dairy farmer? Sure. So, uh, within the church, we know that pastors and church workers care for their neighbors by caring for the soul, um, which is all the more needed during the pandemic here. However, as farmers, we serve our neighbors by caring for the body, um, which is also needed during the pandemic. So we do so by providing safe, nutritious, affordable food uh, that's readily available for all people. And uh, we provide uh, for many different neighbors. And so some of the neighbors that we provide are are obvious. They literally are our neighbors, um, the people in our home communities and counties and cities. Um, But some of the neighbors that we provide for are overseas or are our little neighbors in schools or there are people who are eating out at restaurants. And so we provide for all these different neighbors through our dairy products. Um, we, uh, one way that a, a different way, I guess, is that we provide for our neighbors through the people that we employ as well. So we, uh, we have a very good connection with our community. We have about two dozen local people that we employ and that gives them the opportunity to provide for their families, to reap the rich rewards of hard work and the fulfillment that comes with honest labor. So uh, we, have, we have a lot of folks uh, that have never worked on farms before or have never uh, developed a marketable skill or talent. This may be their first job. And so we're able to teach them the joys of working with animals or driving tractors, uh, of turning wrenches or welding steel. So it gives our neighbor a sense of worth and fulfillment and gives them a paycheck to provide for their families. And we're also a piece of the local economy here. Absolutely. Those are all wonderful ways. Uh, And so many neighbors uh, that that you're able to serve through this vocation as dairy farmers. Uh, How has the pandemic changed how you serve all of these people? Sure. So in, in normal times, as, as I kind of mentioned, our neighbors are somewhat spread out. We have some local neighbors that we, we serve, but also ones overseas in schools or, or uh, neighbors in our restaurants. And um, unfortunately, uh, some of these avenues of service have disappeared. So we're restricted down to really only serving our neighbors through dairy products in the grocery store. And uh, this kind of stretches our supply chain beyond its, its limits. 
also processing for for exports for schools restaurants is very different than processing for grocery and the processing for the former has slowed way down and for the latter has ramped way up Uh, so we're having to adapt how we get our milk to our neighbor and we have to do it entirely through the grocery store now and there's just simply not enough processing to do so and there's not enough demand for all the milk we have right now so that means we're producing more milk than what our neighbors can consume. And when this happens in the short term, it means that we have to dump some of our milk. And in the long term, it means we have to develop a different strategy for dealing with our oversupply. So we're already pushing that excess milk to cheese and powder plants and store it for later, um, but storage is running out now. And we are reaching out to local food pantries and charities to provide excess milk to them. But again, they can only deal with so much milk as well. And it also has to be processed. So we on the farm are hoping for a return to normalcy so we can get back to serving all our neighbors in all the different avenues. So with all those different avenues being impacted and changed, that certainly impacts uh, how you go about serving your neighbor. What does it look like? Um, what's your strategy then for for the, the near future in terms of your, your practice on the farm and, and uh, your, your daily duties on the farm, how's that going to change things for you, for, for the cows? Sure. So honestly, for the cows, things, things don't look tremendously different. We still have to care for them. Um, just, just very similarly to how we would before. Um, uh, now there are a few things we can do to kind of adjust our, our supply of milk production. Um, to more, to more adequately match what demand is. And uh, some of that has to do with feeding strategies. We can feed the cows so that they produce less milk. Um, and uh, there are a couple more nuanced strategies uh, with that as well. But all of those things take, take a little bit of time to implement. So in, in, the, in the near term, um, like, I, like in, our, in our region, for example, um, you know, there was the milk that had to be dumped uh, a little bit over a week ago. Um, but in the past week, no milk has been able to be dumped because we've been able to implement some strategies as far as finding homes for it with, with uh, uh, alternative, uh, alternative avenues. And so whether that's providing it at a discount for charities or food pantries or just running, running plants at max, max capacity. Adrian, what, what are you doing now uh, differently to best serve your neighbors who are around you? Well, in a lot of ways, this has not really changed how we're serving our, our closest neighbors, like our employees or our church family or some of those things. Um, we're, we're hopeful that from uh, the employees on on sideways, you know, at us being at the farm, that we're all just taking care of one another as we always would, and as Christ has, has taught us to do, regardless of milk dumping or pandemics or illnesses or anything like that. But I think we've also been more purposeful in reaching out to ensure that uh, the people in our, our church are taken care of. It's been hard not being able to be gathered together every single Sunday with our entire church family. Um, so reaching out to our, our shut-ins, reaching out to our employees to make sure that they're doing okay, just not only physically, but also mentally, because they have families that they're worried and they're concerned about as well, and to encourage our fellow farmers. I mean, it's not just the dairy industry that's taking a hit right now. It's 
pork, it's poultry, it's everybody. And for someone who doesn't have maybe the, the comfort and the hope that we get as Christians, it can seem like a very chaotic and desperate time. And people who are desperate resort to desperate measures because they feel as though they have no hope. And so it's been an opportunity for us to be able to speak about the comfort and the hope that we have in Christ, that uh, he knows the very hairs on our head are numbered. He knows how we will get through this. He knows how our employees and our cows and our families will get through this. And there's an immense amount of comfort and peace that we have in that and that we can share with other people. So I think right now we're just using this as an opportunity um, to continue to tell people who are fearful and are anxious, whether those are, um, you know, people, restaurant workers who would sell our milk or, or employees or whomever, that the church is, is primed and really kind of shines in moments like these because we know that this is something that our Lord has control of, and, uh, and so we don't need to be afraid. You mentioned the restaurant workers selling your milk. What can we do collectively to to help our neighbors, whether it's um, whether it's employees on on dairy farms or just making sure that our neighbors are are getting the the food, the nutritious food that they need? What can we do collectively to help our neighbors? Sure. Someone asked me on Facebook asked this very question the other day. Um, he used to work on a dairy farm and knew a lot of dairy farmers in Wisconsin. And he said, what can we do specifically to help dairy farmers? And we have always told people as we've gone through this process that one of the best and easiest and quickest ways to help both your neighbor who may be struggling to find food or put food on the, the table during this time and to help farmers is to donate milk to a food bank or a food pantry or or something along those lines. Milk is the number one requested item at food food banks because no one ever thinks to give it. And so it's easy to donate a couple of gallons or to write a check and earmark it for dairy products. You would be helping people who uh, not only would love having something other than canned goods on their table, but you're helping your farmers as well. So that's one kind of easy way. You don't even have to leave home uh, to do that, which is also handy right now. Um, but I think also we have just tried to be uh, purposeful about talking through the fact that now is a really good time to pray. Uh, we have no excuse not to be doing our devotions or spending time in prayer because we're home and and there's no running to say, oh, I didn't get to that today because I have to get here or there. Um, we have the time to do that. And so we can, we can check up on each other a little more often and show a little more grace and compassion. I, I love seeing people who are, you know, dropping meals or ice cream or whatever <laughs> off at their, their neighbor's doorstep, knowing that they've got a dressed out mom in there or a dad who's putting in long hours, um, you know, doing things for your, your pastor or your church workers. Or I love seeing the people who have been sewing masks. My mom and my sisters have been little busy bees sewing masks for our healthcare workers. There's just, there's so many ways in which we can be showing Christian care and compassion right now. And, and it's really a time in which we can turn from being maybe worried or focused on ourselves and to get a lot of joy in caring for others and looking outward instead. So it's, 
it's a good time for obviously repentance and reflection and the reminder that God can can teach us through this time that we can rely on nothing in this life uh, other than him alone. And then to be able to take that and, and share it with other people, hopefully not just during a pandemic, hopefully over a bowl of ice cream after this is all over, um, <laughs> but to, to not worry so much about ourselves, but to be able to turn this around and to be able to show the peace that passes all understanding that we get from Christ alone uh, with anyone who may be fearful or, or anxious right now. Indeed, indeed. Well, Chris and Adrian, thank you so much for sharing with us today about um, what's happening on uh, on your dairy farm and I'm sure many others around the country as well. Thanks for your work and, and for caring for your neighbors. Chris and Adrian Hines, Hines Family Farms, Higginsville, Missouri. Thanks so much for being our guest on the Coffee Hour today. Thank you. Thank you. You're listening to the Coffee Hour. I'm Andy Bates. I'm Sarah Golseth. <laughs>